I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Thursday, December 29th. The man known as the Poet Laureate of the Boston Red Sox has died. Richard Dick Flavin was 86. Flavin was also a former WBZ-TV journalist, playwright, and the voice of the Boston Red Sox for many years. Flavin was born on December 7, 1936 in Quincy and attended Stonehill College. He worked as a press spokesman, speechwriter, and press secretary for several Democratic politicians before he turned political reporter in 1970, joining WBZ-TV in 1973. He worked for them for 14 years, winning several Emmys. In 2011, he was inducted into the Massachusetts Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Flavin also wrote a one-man play, according to Tip, about the life of Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives Tip O'Neill. However, his greatest fame came when he drove to Florida with former Red Sox players Dom DiMaggio and Johnny Pesky to visit Ted Williams. Flavin rewrote Casey at the Bat, turning it into Teddy at that bat, changing the poem's plot. He recited the poem for the three former Red Sox players. Word of the poem got out, and Flavin was asked to recite it at Fenway Park when Williams died, eventually reciting the poem all over the country. Flavin continued to write poems about the Red Sox and became the public address announcer at Fenway Park in 2013. Over the last several years, Flavin has kept a blog on his website with his last post, Who's to blame for the Red Sox woes just six days before his death? Now, the city and the Quincy Teachers Union will meet again on Tuesday to try to come to terms on a new contract. Mayor Thomas Koch says the two sides are closer to reaching an agreement. Teachers are demanding better pay and benefits. The city says it is offering 3% increases for each of the next three years. Quincy Mayor Thomas Koch says the city may have to offer more money to attract a qualified candidate for the position of diversity, equity, and inclusion liaison. Koch says only one candidate applied for the newly created position, which currently pays $75,000 a year. The Four River Bridge scheduled to open today at 4 p.m. and Saturday at 7 a.m. A Brockton mother who repeatedly stabbed her two young sons to death during a voodoo ritual in 2018 has been sentenced to life in prison. Latarsha Sanders appeared in Plymouth District Court yesterday and was given two mandatory life sentences for first-degree murder after the jury found her guilty in the deaths of her five- and eight-year-old sons. A judge ordered Sanders to serve the sentences concurrently, in addition to a sentence of nine to ten years for witness intimidation. She'll be housed at the Sousa Baranowski Correctional Center in Lancaster. Despite a nine-day trial, it took the jury only four hours to convict Sanders. Police responded to Sanders' Prospect Street home in February of 2018 and found her son stabbed to death. Sanders told investigators she stabbed her sons 50 times as part of a voodoo ritual. Investigators noted that Sanders had cleaned up the children, placed them in beds, and mopped up the crime scene. She never sought medical attention 
for the boys. State police later located a kitchen knife left in the sink that was determined to be the murder weapon. Days after the discovery, hundreds gathered at the home to hold a vigil remembering the two boys. Sanders has the right to appeal the sentences. A referee was allegedly punched in the face by a player at a high school boys basketball game last night in Cohasset, ending the game and launching an investigation into the incidents. The game was a matchup between Cohasset High School and Boston's XL High School and was being held in the gym at Cohasset High. Police were called there about 6.45 last night on a report of an assault. An initial investigation indicated that a 17-year-old player from XL High School punched a referee in the face during the game. game was canceled. Following the ordeal, the gym was cleared out. The referee did not need medical attention. There was no further altercation, and police said no players from Cohasset were involved. A Boston Globe review of MBTA data showed that speed restrictions impact a greater percentage of subway lines than the T previously reported. In its last two annual reports, the transit agency said that on average, 3 to 7 percent of its subway lines had forced speed restrictions for safety reasons. However, T data showed that the real figure can be more than three times as high. The MBTA spokesperson, Joe Pesatoro, acknowledged that the length of track covered by speed restrictions has increased, although he blamed it partly on increased construction activity on the tracks. Other restrictions, like weather, could account for discrepancies between the T's internal and public data. The total delay from slow zones on the red line is currently just under 17 minutes. A few months out from the Orange Line's 30-day shutdown for repairs, data shows riders are still seeing a total delay of just over three minutes as a result of slow zones. Despite some progress, the Globe reported the T is falling behind on fixing restrictions, with its backlog growing from 14 in 2020 to 55 this year. One internal T document showed that of 60 speed restrictions in place across the system in October, more than 20% have been in place for at least a year. Dozens of cats and dogs have arrived in Massachusetts and will soon be looking for forever homes. MSPCA Angel and Northeast Animal Shelter in Salem received the animals Tuesday from Tennessee, Texas, and Kentucky. The dogs range in age from eight weeks to two years old. The cats range in age from 13 weeks to 10 years old. The animals will be available for adoption in Salem after a 48-hour state-mandated quarantine. The new arrivals are just a subset of the more than 4,100 cats and dogs that the MSPCA and the NEAS have transported to Massachusetts in 2022 from states including Florida, South Carolina, and Kentucky. Well, the last two months have been a whirlwind of activity at Interfaith Social Services in Quincy as the organization ran programs to make the holidays a little brighter for thousands of South Shore families. In November, Interfaith distributed more than 1,500 Thanksgiving dinner meal packages, making it possible for nearly 4,000 local residents to sit down to a holiday meal. 
In October, hundreds of kids served by Interfaith's food pantry went shopping for free Halloween costumes as part of their Joy for Children initiative. And now the organization's wrapping up their final big holiday event of the year, Help for the Holidays. Over the past few weeks in December, they have distributed more than 4,000 gifts to children served rather by their food pantry. Interfaith operates one of Greater Boston's largest emergency food pantries, a mental health counseling center, thrift shop, and homelessness prevention program. It is in its 75th year of operation. Recently, Interfaith held their annual Feed the Hungry Gala celebration, raising over $390,000 to stock their food pantry for the winter months. A check of business news this morning, and stocks were higher. The Dow was up 47 points, the Nasdaq rose 61, the S&P added 12. Shares slipped in Europe and Asia. The dollar's down, the euro rose, oil at $77 a barrel. Sports Bruins beat the Devils in New Jersey 3-1. The Celtics will host the Clippers tonight at 7.30. The National Weather Service forecast today, mostly sunny and a high near 50 degrees. Partly cloudy tonight, low 21. Tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high 53. On Saturday, some afternoon and evening showers. With a high Saturday, 55. And then New Year's Day on Sunday, some morning showers, but mild, a high Sunday, 54 degrees. For the boater, waves about a foot. Southwest winds could gust to 20 knots. High tide right after 4 p.m. Sunrise, 7:12. set at 4:19. I'm Joe Catalano with an AM Quincy News update for Thursday, December 29th.